Welcome to the Bryce Side Podcast. Episode 8, just going to be a mixed bag. I'll be on the military stories again, but I'll probably just run off into a rant and just go all over the place. So I'm just going to free ball it for today's episode. I'm going to talk about doing things half-assed in the military, especially when you're doing the wrong thing. If you're going to do something wrong, make sure you're doing it the right way. Some terminology the military uses is uh, skating, meaning you're getting out of doing work or an extra duty or assignment. You're skating your way out of it, whether it's by pretending you're sick, having a buddy cover for you. Speaking of, buddies covering for you. Here's an example of when you need to do things correctly. When I was in A school, apprenticeship school, running my job in the military, we were still assigned to duty sections. Day or night, rain or shine, we had to do a muster at whatever time the duty section leader demanded. So, when you go, you show up in uniform, whether it's your day off or not, and you stand there and they hand out assignments, or they say, we have nothing for you, and dismiss you. It can be pretty pointless, especially when you're a young kid who just came back from going out and about in town. Most people would do what we would call an unofficial duty swap, meaning you would have your bunkmate or a friend from another duty section who isn't on call that week show up in your uniform with your name tapes on and pretend to be you. It sounds like a brilliant idea of how quickly it can go wrong. My bunkmate had another friend from a duty section who wasn't on call for the weekend. He wanted to go out. So he had his buddy do a swap for him. So here we all are at 0600 on a Saturday morning standing in formation to just our names called and see what if any duty assignments there are for us. This guy, also my bunkmate, is about a nice stocky 
2.30, Caucasian male with a heavy Alabama accent. The person who chose to be his stand-in was a tall, lanky, Asian American. And the great thing about this name gave it all away his last name was Baglio Seaman Apprentice Baglio who apparently on weekends is a 5'11 pencil mustache Asian guy who wears glasses. Again, if you're going to do a duty swap, at least get someone who resembles you in the slightest or suck it up and just show up. If you're going to do something wrong, make sure you have the intelligence to do it right. Needless to say, they both punishment, which included extra duty, and they missed the next promotion cycles. So again, if you do anything is wrong, you have to be absolutely right, especially if you want to be involved in a skating party in the military. Because again, they're not going to punish you for doing something wrong. They're going to punish you for getting caught. I equate it to if you're a kid in high school and you want to cheat on a test and everyone knows at best you're a C minus student. Don't get a 110% on the test. That'll raise a lot of eyebrows stay in the middle of the pack. Maybe just bump it up to a C plus. Keep everything in the norm. That's how you don't get caught. Skating can be an art form. It takes a lot of hard work and effort to make it look like you're doing something without actually doing something. When I arrived to my duty station and became, I guess, seasoned in the art of skating, I would always log onto my computer, open up, minimize different screens, lay out a notepad with some jotted notes, which would just be me writing in gibberish. It's a good thing that no one could read or translate my handwriting purposely done at that time and I would have a manual out on front of the computer nobody bothered me they assumed that I was doing work studying for uh, advancement exam or doing a college course meanwhile I'm just playing Sudoku and on the forums on the computer 
bit of an internet troll. Pretty hilarious. I even got an award because I worked so hard, air quotes, and it's staring at me right now on my shelf. So again, if you're going to learn how to skate, make sure you do it right. My favorite example of this would be a Marine during the physical fitness exams. Marines probably have the toughest PT test because it involves pull-ups, sit-ups, and at the end, a three-mile run that you must complete in under 27 minutes and 30 seconds at the time when I was in. I am sure the standards possibly have changed. I don't know. I was in during the 80s when you were allowed to wear beards. So this Marine, who was notoriously known to being out of shape and barely passing the run somehow managed to beat the fastest person in the platoon and set a base record and just smoke everybody's scores on the run. The thing with the three miles is that there is a on base, there is a track, there's a quarter mile track. So four laps would be one mile. I doubt you want to run around in circles that long, you would lose count. So for the Marines on the base, they would pick a route and run that for their three mile marker. Turns out this guy called a cab. Yes, he called a cab to pick him up drive him ahead of everybody, get out, and just beat everybody. I applaud him for the creativity, because up until that point, I have never heard of that before. I was really stunned, but how did he get caught? Number one, in order for any non-government vehicle to be on base, they have to call ahead and you have to give them authorization if you're the requesting party for that service. Two, he got out towards the end of three miles. The guard shack saw him get out and run the last less than a quarter of a mile towards the end. And three, he set a base record. Don't do stupid things. Stay in the middle. Like the movie Get Him to the Greek. You gotta be like jazz, just play in the background. But you just wanted to smoke everybody. And then you beat the fastest person in the platoon, they're gonna know you you cheated. So why put yourself through that? And it's nothing but a nice and enjoyable expression on my face. And I go back to the barracks, because again, the Marines were on top, and then the last two decks were the Navy, and I see him standing at attention in his dress, or his deltas, which is the 
Battalion formed the Marine Corps, was waiting with the MP to be escorted to the command to get his newly minted Lance Corporal pins taken off and among some other things. That to me is very hilarious. If you're going to cheat, do it right. But then again, the running joke with the inter-service rivalries is that the Marine Corps are just a bunch of crayon eaters. So, A for effort, F for actual execution of your plan. And he was from Georgia. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. So, there you go. You're doing the wrong thing. Make sure you do it right. Even better than you do the right thing in the military. galley hearing people argue over oh, this freaking guy this Bryce he said the 72 Trans Am is the best car and anyway I didn't even care about any of this stuff I just wanted to argue I just thought it was funny that I could just get people so riled up at that time and then you're supposed to be this disciplined staff sergeant and above and here you are getting worked up by a senior apprentice who's a Dive, just Dragon Ball Z, Bleach, and now 
my students got me into My Hero Academia. That's really about it, but just to see the piss and vigor and progression as they type was just funny. Not to mention that when I was doing this, everything I did, I would always write or type in all cap and I would always put a fire or angry face emoji after everything I said. And again, this was during my non-peak hours for my work, air quotes, that I was doing. Fast forward to the supervisor who's an army sergeant in E5 was walking around with a, another army corporal who's a rarity in the military that you usually see in not infantry units, but whatever. We'd seen most of their battalion and went back to their HQ trailer. All the admin guys were visibly upset at my name which I thought was hilarious when they told me this. But also, they couldn't put two and two together because at the post I was stationed at, I was the only Bryce in all the branches. Not that hard to put two and two together, especially when you log into these forums. Your login is your name, plus the, or it's your last name, plus the first two letters of your first name. Sergeant McClendon, he was from Atlanta, politely asked me to lay off the forms at least when I'm on duty so that he doesn't have to like hear like me walking around people are like visibly like just angry like I just shat all open their apple pie with what I was saying and doing. So I acquiesced and said, alright Sarge. I'll do that just for you. And then that was it. But to me, that was still one of the few joys I had while being stationed there. Just having fun with everybody at their own expense. section, the Command Master Chief decides to join in on all the fun. Command Master Chief is the highest ranking enlisted personnel for the command. The buck stops with them if you are enlisted. Pay grade is an E9. This Master Chief, no joke, no lie, looked exactly like Patton Oswalt, the comedian, but with a bigger belly. The 
primary designator for his career was he was a submariner, not mariner. Every person in the Navy that I've met who was a submariner says it's submariner, not mariner. So sit and spin if you want to argue with me. He decided to meet all the personnel, all the white hats, what they would call E6 and below, and see what was up and show that he can be the cool Command Master Chief, or CMC for short. See, I'm just like you guys, even though I work from 8 to 3 and go home at 12, but I'm just like you. Decided to join us on our PT as we said and it was pretty pointless I really wanted to like work out a real workout after this whole like let's do some 24 four count jumping jacks and windmills and push ups and just get this stretching out of the way it's going to be this mile and a half run and go until CMC made it interesting and said I'll give you guys a 72-hour Liberty Pass if you can beat me on the mile and a half. And this is a bunch of 18 to 25-year-olds who are like, we'll take that action. Because, again, you would look at this Master Chief and you would think, this guy has no idea how to run. This guy is nothing. They're going to smoke him. So we're on this weird, oblong, dirt track, which is exactly two miles, but as the marker for the mile and a half mark, so we just get to there and then we go. This mofo takes off like a bat out of hell. Like, he's smoking everybody. Even the fastest people are like trying to burn out, trying to catch up to him. You got to the points where like there's a curve. And once you get to the other side of that curve, you literally have like a half mile to go to hit the straightaway to get to the mile and a half mark. He's already on the other side of the curve. And the fastest person in our division at the time was barely getting to that curve and all I can do is just run and say well I guess I'm working this weekend but we were just like what the heck he just smoked all of us and we were trying to figure out how did he do this what was the secret because we've never seen him work out prior to this or look like he works out but it turns out when he was on sub duty, all he would do is the row machine. That, like I guess all the crossfitters do. And he said he credits that to his success on the run. But still doesn't make you feel any better as a 20 year old with 4% body fat getting smoked by a guy who looks like Patton Oswald with an extra beer belly and seeing him blissfully run like it's nothing and you're like popping veins everywhere trying to catch up to him and he 
is just like trying along like he just does this every day in his sleep that was a humbling experience but nobody got to pass so it was kind of fruitless I think he just wanted to flex on everybody to show that like don't get dismayed by how he looks he can still fuck with us but good on you Master Chief weekend coming up for my MMA fans out there UFC 249 it's going to be a huge stacked card a lot of fights I'm just going to go over some of the fights and my picks for those fights from the ESPN early prelims to the prelim card on ESPN all the way to the main card I'm going to pick out some of the fights and see what I like. And we're just going to go right to the prelims on ESPN. First fight, Uriah Hall, Ronaldo, Jacare, Souza. My money is on Jacare. Uriah Hall is too inconsistent with his output and performance. Jacare should win by decision or submission. I'll be really surprised if there's a knockout in this fight because Uriah Hall can be timid when he doesn't think he can win or has a mental hiccup. A fight I'm interested in next, women's strawweight, 115. Carla Esparza, Michelle Waterson. Michelle Waterson naturally is a 105er and at an atom weight in Invicta FC, but she bumped up to 115. And when she fights against true 115 weight class, it's pretty evident that she's always a smaller person. Height-wise, I believe she has the edge. But in weight, I'm going to probably give Carla Esparza not to mention Carla Esparza was the inaugural strawweight champion and has a heavy wrestling background. So unless Michelle Waterson can maintain distance with her kicks and combos, she will probably lose a unanimous decision. So my money will be on Carla Esparza. Next up, Fabricio Verdum versus Alexei Olenek. Two old heavyweights. One is an Abu Dhabi and black belt world champion in Fabricio. He's legit coming off of a nice two year ban from USADA. Olenek is only famous for hitting Ezekiel chokes while people have him mounted and knocking them unconscious. My money, Fabricio Verdum, unanimous decision or decision. Main event for the prelims. Donald Cerrone, Anthony Pettis. It all depends on which Donald Cerrone shows up. Anthony Pettis is a bit of a
doesn't matter who he depends on if he shows up or not. Oh, this is at 170. This makes it even more interesting. Money definitely is going to be on Anthony Pettis just because he beat him before with the body shot and Cowboy can say whatever he wants to about his thing. But again, I have a pet peeve about people who say they have to like get worked up when they're in there or they're a slow starter. If you're a slow starter in a gunfight, you're dead. So money, Anthony Pettis, unanimous decision, or you might finish him again with a body kick. Cowboy, Donald Cerrone, mentally weak. So don't put your money on him. Going to go up to the main card, heavyweight Francis and Ganu versus Razanek. Both two powerful dudes who will put you on death's door with a punch or a kick. Rosenstrike will has more weapons, but I would give the edge and power and just pure touch of death to Ngano's hands. So my money, knockout, first round, Francis Ngano. I'm going to go right to the main event, air quotes, with the Tony Ferguson-Justin Gaethje fight. Again, crazy and violent versus just violent. Something has to give. The longer the fight goes on, the more Gaethje chances of winning goes down. Tony Ferguson can put a pace on you where he doesn't get tired. I don't think he's ever gotten tired. And he's constantly in motion for the offensive. It's hard to deal with that when you're someone like Gaethje who only wants to bum rush forwards and bully you and try and get you into a firefight. Again, Tony Ferguson likes to use distance and can get sneaky with those elbows to cut you up. So my money, Tony Ferguson, unanimous decision or doctor stoppage due to elbow cuts. The real fight, the money maker that I am the most interested in seeing will be Henry Cejudo, Dominic Cruz for the Bantamweight Championship. My money will be on Dominic Cruz just because his footwork, his superior angling, and overall ring intelligence and savvy will get him the decision victory. If you look back how Henry Cejudo won the vacant bantamweight title against Marlon Marias. Marlon Marias was doing a good job in the first rounds, keeping him at distance and destroying him with leg and body kicks. However, Henry Cejudo just pushed forward enough times and got into phone booth fighting to make it a dogfight where Marlon Marias couldn't keep up with that pace. The thing with that is you are never going to get Dominic Cruz into a dogfight. You're never going to be able to push him back. He's another guy that stays in motion and 
has superior footwork to always maintain and keep angles. He's the most adept at using boxing footwork for MMA. Again, look up YouTube and look how he moves. He uses the ollie shuffle to switch step, pivots and turns to throw hooks and overhands. And he's even commented this on interviews and such. He's legit when it comes to the footwork. And again, he does not get hit in his fights. Hard to hit somebody when your style as Cejudo is to drive them back on their back heel when this guy is always moving, angling off. So I foresee him getting frustrated and he may overcommit to the bullying tactics and get knocked out. I see the only way Cejudo can win is to confuse Dominic and can get him to worry about his wrestling. You're a gold medalist Olympic caliber wrestler. Take him down and edge him out with a decision victory. But I do not foresee Henry Cejudo doing that, which is why my money, Dominic Cruz, unanimous decision. And those are some of my picks for the upcoming UFC fight on May 9th. And so ends another episode on the Bryce side. See you next time. Don't forget to like and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify and the Anchor app to stay update and current. See you next time.